What is up, Level Up Nation? And yes, do not adjust your Twitch feed. <laughs> We're going to have to fix this on the fly. Fantastic. Welcome to the June 16th edition of Level Up Live, your home for gaming esports news, brought to you by OTN Media. My name is Fiasco. You can call me John or the guy who forgot to change the overlay back from the Summer Games Fest co-stream. And I am joined by my partner in crime, the king of games, the king of the courtside, the courtside king, Joey. Uh, Joey, I'm going to have you fill this while I fix this. This is just, this is an absolute nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. if you guys can't tell, we, we've had a day over here. Uh, we've had a week, really, in all honesty. So much going on at Summer Game Fest. Jeff Keighley's show kind of kicked us off, and even before that, we had a Sony State of Play. Uh, there's been so many game announcements over the last couple weeks. Uh, as you can see, we had a guest on the show last week to go over a lot of them for the Summer Game Fest kickoff. There were, I think, 30, 40 different games shown in that show. So a number of games there from indies to triple A's. Uh, we had the announcement of Frost Giants' new RTS game. Super stoked for that. Ooh, this is different. I like it. I like it. I, I, I have to edit the other one. That's the only reason why. <laughs> uh, it's, this is a nice new view. It's changing things up a little bit here on Level Up. Uh, as you guys know, this is Level Up Live, and we're doing it here live. Uh, but yeah, overall, a lot of really good games announced last week from indies to triple A's. Lots of really exciting uh, new titles. Uh, Jeff Keighley's show seemed to lean a little bit heavier than we would have liked into kind of space horror games. Um, but overall, a lot of really cool announcements there. One that stood out and we'll definitely touch on tonight is Frost Giant. Uh, they're a new RTS studio made up of a ton of veterans from like the Warcraft series and the Starcraft series. Uh, seeing them come together, developing a new IP uh, that from what we saw, John, seemed like it had some flavor of Starcraft and Warcraft both mixed into it uh, from the quick CGI trailer that we got. But excited to see more of that game and see really what those developers have been working on. And then from there, we saw a number of other things. From Friday, we saw Netflix come out, show us some of the new shows they have. I think it's like 15-plus different video games in development, uh, whether it be shows or movies under that Netflix label. Really cool stuff. Uh, Cyberpunk is over there. Obviously, they had some already. Uh, the Witcher super popular. Uh, Pokemon is under that label as well. So a number of them already known, but continuing to expand in that area too. And then we're going to dive into some more indie stuff. We had some really cool uh, showcases like Tribeca and Devolver Digital, always diving into some really cool stuff for that one as well. Uh, and then the big Mambo Jumbo outside of the Summer Game Fest kickoff. The next biggest showcase was the Xbox Bethesda one on Sunday. About 90 minutes of game announcements in that. Packed full of good stuff, including a big look at Starfield. So, John, we have a lot to cover tonight. There's going to be plenty of games to talk about Plenty of different uh, partnerships as well to kind of mention as we go through. And then to kind of say some of the stuff we're looking forward to as well as some of the stuff that maybe we expected to be there but was missing as well. Um, how are our templates coming along over there, good sir? Uh, probably will be done by the time you go through the social media rundown and let the give viewers <laughs> and listeners know where in the world they can follow the show and their least favorite hosts. Absolutely, <laughs> Nation. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level Up Live. That is LVLUP Live. And while you're on Twitter, you can make sure to give me a follow as well at Quartzite King and John over at Fiasco, P-H-I-A-S-K-0 for those maybe having trouble finding him over there. 
on top of that nation. We do the live show on Twitch every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern time, usually with our templates ready to go. This is a rare occasion for that one. Uh, but we're over here on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash OTN Media. Again, level up typically every Thursday. Here and there, we'll take some breaks or switch up a day or two. Um, but over here normally, as well as some other streams throughout the week, uh, Ghost Runner has been doing some Final Fantasy, or not Final Fantasy, Fire Emblem streams, uh, as well as a few different other games. So be sure to check those out as well. While we're here and we have a little bit of extra time, Discord, discord.me forward slash OTN. Great place to chat games. We've been talking sports with the Stanley Cup going on. Go Avs. Uh, a lot of different good action over there. And then last but not least, John, patreon.com forward slash OTN. If you'd like to take your support up to another level, we accept everything. Twitch Prime subs are appreciated here, but also on Patreon, a number of membership tiers over there as well. Joey, you are an absolute pro filling in there as <laughs> now I try to get OBS not full screen on my monitor here so I can figure out where we are at. Uh, Joey, you already talked about what in the world we're talking about today as I was going through and doing live edits here on the screen as uh, I am noticing I will be needing to do more here in just a few moments. Uh, but nonetheless, you hit Patreon, you hit all the social media, uh, so that just leaves us with our drink of choice before we dive headfirst into all of these amazing topics. Joey, uh, your beverage of choice, please, here for... Um for today's show uh i was partaking in the alcohol as they say last night watching the stanley cup so i'm taking it easy tonight i'm back to sparkling water uh this one is a Lacroix limoncello okay okay i, see. I really like these cans actually i kind of like that yellow i'm not really a yellow kind of guy but i don't know this one's got some good vibes yeah i, I like it i like it uh joey i was uh, so uh look i'm a big sports guy i played sports growing up uh, superstitions are a part of sports, and, and, and I hate to admit it because you know, at the end of the day, they're kind of stupid. Um, so I, too, was partaking in alcohol last night. And, uh, Joey, fun fact, uh, I cracked open a bottle of wine uh, towards the end of the first period when the Avalanche had a two-goal lead. Uh, then they didn't score again for the remainder of regulation, uh, a.k.a. when I finished the bottle of wine. Uh, so at the end of the third period, uh, I switched to screwball whiskey, uh, the peanut butter Ooh, whiskey. Oh, nice. And they got a power play that went into overtime, and I was continuing to drink it in overtime. And guess what happened in overtime, Joey? I'm guessing they scored a goal. The Avalanche scored a freaking goal. So I can't have wine anymore until the Stanley Cup playoffs are over. Uh, so I'm celebrating with Screwball, my good friends, because the Avalanche are 1-0 and in the Stanley Cup Finals. I've heard good things about Screwball. I've heard it's one of the better peanut butter ones out there, so I'm curious to try it at Super some smooth. Oh, my gosh. It's disgusting how smooth it is in a good way it doesn't get stuck to the roof of your mouth like real peanut butter right joe i'm not even, I'm not even gonna entertain that question <laughs> not even gonna entertain that one at all i'm sorry okay i i think we're good to go like in the in the future as well we'll find out we'll do it live um i'm having fun we're having fun today. Absolutely. Joey. It's a Thursday, man. It's a Thursday. We're <laughs> almost at the weekend. Summer Game Fest stuff is slowing down. The Stanley Cup is now taking place. Lots of good things to celebrate. We have our topics. We have our beverages, Joey. Uh, no more filler needed. Uh, let's get right into the topics. Let's get in to the recap of what was a incredible weekend weekend last week. Let's kick it off with the Summer Game Fest kickoff. 
absolutely summer game fest so again guys you got the full breakdown last week and that episode is available youtube as well as your podcast feeds it was john drew and i really breaking that down and diving into pretty much every single game shown minus a couple here and there uh john the biggest themes if we're going to recap this i think the biggest one up front has got to be alien horror games we saw aliens dark descent we saw the callisto protocol very dead space like we saw fort solace the one with troy baker uh, we had the space thriller theme game with like kind of AI robots and routine. It felt like there were five or six different space thriller games. Uh, not really a genre I typically lean toward, and I don't believe it's one of yours as well, but they were hot and heavy there during the Summer Game Fest kickoff. Yeah, you know, it, it made me almost want to play a zombie game, uh, in all honesty. <laughs> um, and, and, and that says a lot with uh, how many zombie thriller alien whatever games are out there. Um <sighs> Look, it's fine, but but the problem is, is when you have like five or six in one showcase, um, yeah, obviously they're going to be very different games, but the problem is, is that the premise overall is identical, and it's very hard to stand apart, and this, and this is one of my big criticisms, that the fact that this space horror genre uh, seemed to be a running theme in the showcase is that it, it shouldn't be a theme in a showcase, like we shouldn't be able to sit here and be like, "Oh, the theme of the showcase was space horror," uh, because it should be diverse. It should be completely different. But apparently, like eighteen different studios, we were like, "You know what? Space horror genre doesn't get enough love. Don't let our opposition know, but we're gonna make a space horror game." And then I can imagine as as all the developers are sitting down there watching the the, the pre roll of this show, the the walkthrough, if you will. And all of a sudden, they realize back to 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 back are all space horror games. And they're just going, oh, it wasn't an original idea. No, no, it wasn't. Uh, and I think, you know, again, and I only bring that up because it just felt like it was so heavy on that topic for the entire show. Um, again, not saying it's a bad genre, but it felt a little overwhelming for what we were getting in the showcase from the get go. Yeah, I did. I mean, it felt like a lot. And it felt like a lot of these teams, I mean, the Callisto Protocol, especially being a lot of ex-Dead uh, Space developers coming out and saying, okay, this is a void left. EA is not supporting Dead Space. Let's fill that void. Let's bring another space horror game into it. Starfield is looking more like a realistic sim. So there's still plenty of room for that space horror, right? And then you have this. You have EA announcing Dead Space just a couple months ago. Then you have the Aliens Dark Descent game. You have Callisto Protocol every one of these big space horror thriller style games coming together all at once and we got a plethora of them as you said john and it felt like uh, some of them it was a little bit hard to distinguish from one another routine obviously with the ai edge kind of gave them a little bit of something apart from these other ones that went more with the alien like uh, enemies within them uh fort solace we didn't see any gameplay for it so that one's still a little bit up in the edge of what we're going to expect with troy baker and that one uh Callisto protocol again right online with dead space and aliens very similar as well so there's differences don't get me wrong obviously alien species can differ here and there the brutality uh brutality the brutality and the gruesomeness uh kind of merge that together can be different as well with dead space and callisto protocol being very heavily into that gruesome edge uh, as well as the weapon customization in those games but overall yeah very similar a lot of these games a lot in that ip area uh, next up, I think the biggest notable thing probably outside of that was the Modern Warfare 2 ca- campaign gameplay reveal. Uh, it kind of had wet work vibes for those who played Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. Uh, the semi-dynamic environment was something I found interesting. 
One of the things they showed us was on a cargo ship. It's raining, and as the ship kind of teeters and turns a little bit here and there, the cargo crates were sliding, and that's a little bit more of a maneuverable environment based on the weather and different settings going on. And I think some of this has been in other Call of Duty games before, but it's a little bit more dynamic in this one from the sound of things. Uh, that will be releasing again October 28, 2022. But a really nice lengthy, I feel like it was a good five, six minutes campaign demo there, John. Yeah, and it looked really good. I think people have a, a lot to look forward to. I, I was very impressed with the trailer as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't, think, I don't think I have anything else to add. You, you nailed it. I mean, it was a very, very good moment uh, during, the, during the showcase. So outside of those, I think the next biggest thing probably in line would have been Neil Druckmann coming up at the end. Uh, Naughty Dog took the stage at the end with Neil coming out, mentioning a number of things related to The Last of Us. The Last of Us Part 2 is sold over 10 million copies, so a big hand over there for that one. Then we had Factions 2. Uh, this is the multiplayer component that was supposed to originally be with The Last of Us Part 2. It was supposed to come out, I believe, in June 2020. It's now June 2022, and it's still not out, and it doesn't look like it'll be out until at least 2023. A lot of that reasoning because it has become its own standalone multiplayer game. From that, at least from what they're making it sound like, they didn't give away too many details, but there will be further stories involved with it. They're going to build off not only the mainline story, but some other side stories that kind of took place in the universe as well. Uh, we saw a piece of concept art. And we heard a little bit about the new cast of characters, but other than that, very little known there. Uh, they talked about The Last of Us streaming on HBO. That's wrapping up filming soon, so hopefully in another seven, nine months or so, we should see that eventually launch on HBO. And then last but not least, the Last of Us remake trailer. Again, not the original remake. This is the second remake. Uh, it's being remade mainly for the PS5 with fully taking advantage of the different graphical capabilities and download speeds and everything that's possible there that wasn't possible in other units like the PS3 and PS4. Uh, so a lot of really cool stuff there and some really nice screenshot comparisons shown as well. And then Neil also teased that he's working on a new project, but is not ready to share anything as of yet. I think these are probably the biggest things from Summer Game Fest, John. I know there's a number of other games that stood out to us. Uh, one of the kind of more indie games in particular uh, was, I think it was Witchfire was the name of it. Looks really cool. So that's one to keep an eye on. And then obviously Frost Giant. We touched on that a bit at the top of the show, but their new IP Stormgate. Uh, it's an RTS that has heavy inspirations from stuff like StarCraft and WarCraft and a lot of those veterans on that team as well. Uh, anything I'm missing or anything else you want to elaborate on kind of for our summary of that kickoff show? No, I mean, I, I think it was good. Um, I think overall it probably wasn't the best uh, Jeff Keighley-backed uh, presentation. Um, and, and it's not really a knock on Jeff or anything. It's just in comparison to what we're going to be talking about coming up next, which is the the Xbox game showcase, the Xbox Bethesda showcase, um, I, I feel like... Jeff and his team should sit down and, and talk with Xbox and Bethesda on how they put together their presentation uh, because the Summer Game Fest went a little long uh, and it, it went long for all the wrong reasons and it ended with really just a whole lot of nothing um, and it just it just felt like it dragged on I think that I think that's an issue um, whereas the Xbox Bethesda Game Showcase you know, from start to finish, it was great. Uh, you know, yes, there were interviews in there as well, but they weren't like these long interviews, and it wasn't like 20, which it felt like it was for the Summer Games Fest. Um, it was two very different showcases, but I think that's my only real criticism is that it ran long. It wasn't, um, you know, and again, Jeff did say to, to, to temper your expectations, and, and I, I do understand that. 
Um, but it just felt like it left a lot on the table. Overall, it was still a good um, showcase, but it just felt like there was a lot left there. Yeah, I feel like everyone was looking for that Elden Ring moment. They had that really yeah. cool trailer or gameplay showing of Elden Ring last year. And everyone's like, okay, what's going to be in this one? They got Elden Ring. What's the big game this year? What's that one more thing? And for it to be a 10-minute interview, it just felt like it kind of missed the mark there at the end. And I think that's where a lot of people's criticisms come in. And like you said, John, I mean, having so many space horror thriller games, it just felt like, okay, sure, this one looks different, but it's still in the same genre. And that's not going to hit that many people that the other one didn't already hit. So there was a lot of repetitiveness in that sense. Uh, the new RTS announcement, I think, is really cool. But we didn't see any gameplay for it. We saw a CGI trailer, and I love CGI. But at the same point, it's like, okay, if this is going to be a big interview and this big moment in the show, uh, what does the actual game look like? So I think that was a little bit of a takeaway for that, too. But yeah, overall, I'm with you. I think there were, uh, I don't know if I want to say too many interviews, but they were definitely too long. The amount of interview time taken up over the two-hour show was definitely a lot longer than it probably should have been. Any other thoughts on Summer Game Fest before we kind of move along here? Nope. Looking forward to the Game Awards next. <laughs> Excellent. There you go. And we do have Gamescom before that over in Germany in August. Uh, so there should be some good shows there. Again, guys, if you want our full breakdown of the Summer Game Fest, check out the last episode of Level Up. We broke down everything. It's also on YouTube as well. Uh, next, we got some future of Xbox announcements. I believe these came out on Friday. Uh, mainly just a few things that are kind of cool announcements that they wanted to get out before their showcase. Uh, to give you guys a little bit of an idea, Xbox is ro- Xbox Xbox is rolling out an app. I can't speak today uh, to Samsung Smart TV TVs later this month. They have that partnership with Samsung. It's been lasting for a while now. Uh, I think you can even play XCloud on Samsung's fridges technically. Uh, but yes, now it's available with a fully supported app on Smart TVs coming later this month. I believe it's June 30th, and then it will be coming to more TVs. I don't know which ones, but I would assume the other big ones out there like your Sony's, your TL. TLCs, whatever it's called. Uh, I'm not going to go through TV brands right now, but it'll be on a number of other ones <laughs> later on down the road as well. Keep going. Keep going. Panasonic, you're up next. Go. I know. I was like, I have Samsung. <laughs> John has Sony. That about names the ones I know off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> do not have me in Family Feud naming TV brands. We all just learned that pretty hard. Uh, xCloud, it's expanding, John. It's in a number of countries already. I think like 30-some. It's expanding down to our friends down in Argentina as well as our friends in New Zealand. Uh, two very different countries, uh, but apparently continuing out in both those areas of Oceania and South America. And they're further gaming on PC. This is something that's been a big work for Xbox in an area that really still needs a lot of improvement. Windows 10, Windows 11, and Microsoft Edge optimizations are coming later this year. Uh, that stuff like speed, that stuff like improving game bar and its stability, uh, interactions and integrations that kind of happen between game bar and Xbox cloud services and all that. So if you're into PC gaming on Windows, these are things for you, and hopefully they'll bring some improvements to all of your gaming later this year. On top of that, later this year, and this is a big one. This one caught a lot of people's eyes. Game Pass Ultimate subscribers will be able to access other games they own that are not part of the Game Pass library via cloud as well. So um, it's on cloud, but I was going to say, John, if you want to play Farming Simulator or Lawn Mowing Simulator, you can now do it if you own that game in your library. Um, but yeah, there's a number of games we all own, whether it be from games with gold, whether it be games we bought because we've enjoyed them that are just not available on Game Pass. And because of that, not available on cloud at the moment, eventually, I don't know what this full catalog is going to look like, but a lot of those games will be available on the go. So whether you're on a Metro or sitting, waiting for a haircut or whatever the reason may be, you can pull out your phone, hop on xCloud and play those games with touch controls and all of that goodness on the go. 
Uh, next up in these announcements, and again, guys, it was a huge string of announcements, kind of what to look forward to and some of the stuff being worked on in the background. This one also coming in the next 12 months, Project Morecraft. This is a new curated demo type of thing. We saw something recently announced from PlayStation as well that's in a similar vein. Uh, Xbox made it very clear they're planning to pay developers, though, while Sony said they're going to force developers into this demo thing. And I think that's why we see Xbox leaning so much into that pay developer part in this particular press um, release. But overall, I think this is cool for gamers. It's a fun way to get to demo games, to try things out. Uh, Xbox is going to focus on indie games first. I would assume PlayStation is probably going to go pretty heavy in the indie department as well to kind of bring those developers a little bit more sight to gamers and allow them to kind of try their games. Uh, no harm, no foul up front to see if they want to purchase them down the line. Last but not least, we saw a update to Xbox Design Labs UI and features, so new colors, uh, different grips, and things like that coming to controllers as well. Uh, John, this was a mouthful. Obviously, lots of cool stuff here. In particular, the curated demos and the bigger cloud library are kind of what stick out to me, but anything in particular sticking out to you? Yeah, I mean, really the expanded library, being able to play games that are not on Game Pass that you already own through the cloud, uh, I think is a big win. Um, I feel like gamers are still used to, uh, you know, not trying to pick on Sony or anything, but like owning a console and not being able to play last generation's games, let alone having access to those games on a cloud-based service with a gaming subscription that doesn't have that game already attached to that service. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it's just a, a trend that we're seeing over the last couple years of where uh, these console developers and these gaming studios are kind of being a little bit more gamer friendly, being a little bit more open to the idea of, you know, OK, cool. You, you bought this game. We want you to still be able to play this game. Fun fact, Joey, I was going through my storage unit the other day and I found a crisp, cool copy of of NCAA football 2010. Ooh. Yes, 2010. It's a 12-year-old game for the PlayStation 3. And I was like, sweet. I still have my PS4. I want to play college football. And then I remembered the PS4 is not backwards compatible with PS3 games. So it went right back into the storage box. Uh, it, it, it's upsetting. But now, lo and behold, if I had that same issue with Xbox, let's say I owned NCAA uh, football 10 and i had it on my xbox i downloaded it on there i could technically play it through the cloud uh that would be kind of cool so um i, I think that's just a a trend that we're going to continue hopefully see grow uh that, that was i think was probably the coolest announcement that we got yeah and we know sony made a deal with microsoft as well for their azure mm -hmm. cloud service so eventually i think we will see something like that come to playstation gamers too uh nintendo switch not sure about you guys but there is some cloud tech already in place there as well um but yeah, I'm excited, John. I think that's a big one. I think the PC integration stuff is big. I'm not going to hold my breath on that because my download speed on the Microsoft Store is still as bad as possible. Um, but I do like a lot of these things that were announced on Friday. It's like dial-up speed, right? I mean, it's just about, <laughs> man. Like I'm getting like, I think it's like 10 to 20 megabytes or whatever on that thing. It's very, very wow. slow. Not the biggest fan of the Microsoft Store. Uh, but I love the Xbox store. I think it's phenomenal on console, and they just need to get together and talk with the Windows developers and work their things out or whatever it needs to be done. But yeah, lots of cool clown announcements, lots of cool stuff coming there. Next up is Netflix, John. Uh, they dove into a lot, a lot more than I expected. They unveiled about a dozen new mobile games. Uh, some of the ones that stood out to people are Queen's Gambit, obviously a very popular series uh, based around chess. It is getting a mobile game as well. On top of that, we had Lucky Luna got announced. Um, Desta, The Memories Between was another one. And they went on and on. About 12 to 15 games announced in total. 
And then on top of that, we got some updates on some Netflix series. Uh, Cyberpunk is one of the ones that a lot of people are looking forward to. I can't think of the second part of that name, but the Cyberpunk animated series. Uh, a number of other ones also in the works over there at Netflix. And we've seen Netflix invest more and more money into games as well. They've started to buy game developers. They have some different interactive games within the Netflix app in and of itself. Uh, like there's a Minecraft story that can be played through that's pretty popular and a number of other ones as well. So I think we'll see more and more mobile experiences come from them. And then eventually I wouldn't be surprised if we see more translate over into that Netflix app natively on TVs and other platforms as well. Um, but overall, I think the Netflix show was good. I didn't think there was anything phenomenal that stood out, uh, minus some extra looks at these new TV shows. Yep, I totally agree. Next up was Devolver, and not a ton to touch on here, but John, we love their showcases. I'm not sure if you caught this year's, but it's just as unique as always. Uh, they're just a crazy development team, and when it comes to the publishing announcements that they make, they find a unique style to do it every single year. So they kept that uniqueness going with this kind of lab situation like they usually do, and on top of that, they gave us some beautiful indie gems, one of which we'll show you guys here on stream. This is Plucky Squire. Uh, I think this is one of the coolest-looking indie games set to come out next. I believe it's scheduled for 2023, if I remember correctly. Uh, but absolutely cool stuff here. Super unique design. You kind of start on, on the book pages, per se, kind of playing through these pages. And then you come out of the book, and it becomes a 3D world, and it looks absolutely phenomenal. We'll have that one up for you guys shortly here. But definitely one to add to your list of indie games to look forward to in 2023. Yeah, I'm definitely a fan of this one. It's a very unique style. Um and definitely caught my attention, too. I mean, the fact that you're essentially a character in a book and you're traveling through the book as the gameplay, uh, it's different. It's unique. Like, And it has that Zelda feel to it, uh, but also has like a platformer feel to it. Like, There's a lot of really cool things here. And, and I don't know. I just love that it's original. It's thinking kind of outside the box. It's not reinventing uh, a style of video game. It's just bringing it to you in a different manner, and I think that's what makes it really, really cool. The the graphics, the artistic style is fantastic. Uh, being able to jump outside of the book eventually and kind of explore the world around you, uh, I think takes the game to a whole new level. Uh, no pun intended, but like it, 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 <laughs> it, it, it's it, it's a whole new experience. Like there, like you're on a a a, a coffee mug, you're on a a canister, you're on. You know, you're able to jump into different levels that are just random things in this room. Uh, it, it's super unique. It's different. I love it because it's so different. And it's definitely one that I have circled on my gaming list. Yeah, no, it's definitely a really cool game. Definitely one to look forward to. I believe, again, 2023, I think, is what the date. I don't think they gave anything more specific than that. Uh, but it's really cool. They jump between 2D and 3D. And they have really unique ways to interact with the player as well as for the player to interact with the environment. So that one is definitely going to be high on our list, as well as a number of other really cool games that got announced there at Devolver in the indie genre. So keep an eye out for them. Always a cool publisher that comes up with unique ways to deliver very unique games altogether. Next up, John, is The Behemoth, the Xbox and Bethesda game showcase. This one ran about 90 minutes long, so about 30 minutes shorter than Jeff's, but it was packed full of gaming announcements. And the key here... Very, very big key, guys. This was focused on the next 12 months of gaming on Xbox. So we didn't see any of the big stuff like Fable or Avowed or Perfect Dark or anything like that. That's reserved for a later showcase. Maybe Gamescom, maybe the Game Awards, maybe next year's E3 show. We'll have to wait and find out. Um, but this one heavily focused on 12 months of gaming on Xbox ahead. John, what were your thoughts of that being the focus? It seems like online is split. People absolutely loved it or people hated it because they didn't get those other big CGI trailers. You want to know what I hate? 
I hate watching a really cool CGI trailer and then at the end says, coming 2025. <laughs> I'm not going to remember that. I'm not going to. Joey, I don't even remember what I had for breakfast this morning. Like, I'm not going to remember a game that's coming in, in, in three years. Uh, I love the fact that it was focused on the next 12 months. That is a tangible timeline for gamers to be like, cool, awesome. Let me take a look at what's coming out for the second half of 2020 and the first half of 20, uh, uh, pardon me, of 2022 and the first half of 2023. That's something to be like, hey, if I need a budget, if, if I need to... Uh, purchase a game, or if I'm going to re-up my Xbox uh, Game Pass subscription, uh, or I want to take the plunge and purchase a year up front, or, or whatever you want to do, and you want to budget for a game, a 12-month calendar is perfect for that. Uh, you know, So I think 12 months is a sweet spot. I, I think that's absolutely perfect. Yes, I get it. You want the updates on the big names, but let's be real here. Joey, the internet will never be happy. Why? You get a CGI trailer, and what does that do? They get you hyped for a game. It doesn't show you what the game is. It doesn't show you what the gameplay is, what the graphics are going to look like. It's a CGI trailer. It's a mini movie. It has nothing to do other than maybe possibly create a narrative of what the game is going to be centered around. But other than that, it gives you literally nothing. Absolutely nothing. Here in this showcase, we got to see, uh, aside from one game that was a CGI trailer, that doesn't really show you what the gameplay was, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Everything we got to see was gameplay, was in-game footage, was something tangible we could take away from what to expect in those next 12 months with these game titles. I think it's perfect. I want to see more showcases do that. I really don't care what's coming out in five years. Yes, make the big bombshell announcement. Fine, give me a CGI trailer here and there. But I want to know what's coming out sooner rather than later so I can plan my gaming time accordingly because, Joey, if there's one thing we know in this world is there's never enough time for video games, and it's very annoying. So I need to know what games are making the cut and what games are I am uninstalling from my PC and my Xbox. <laughs> Amen, sir. I'm pretty happy with it as well. And it's, it's kind of ironic to me because last year there was a lot of CGI announcements. We got stuff like Fable and Perfect Dark and all of this shown throughout Xbox shows. And one of the biggest things that people complained about was too much CGI. What does the gameplay look like? When are these games actually coming out? These are all so much later. And now that they got 12 months and they got a ton of gameplay, now they want the CGI back. It's like, guys, is anyone going to be happy? Or maybe this is the second half of the audience that we didn't hear from last year because they were so happy. And now they're coming out because they're not happy with not having CGI. Who knows? Um, But it goes back to the whole grass argument. If people are arguing (laughs) over silly things like this, like why is it even necessary? Who cares what the blade of grass looks like? So I think we will eventually see stuff like Fable and Perfect Dark and all of that. I think Gamescom could be a great spot for that. The Game Awards as well. Uh, Maybe a new announcement or two at one of those. But overall, I like the 12 months. I think it's a good focus, especially after delaying Starfield and Redfall. Like, well, what is Xbox going to release over the next six months? Because now everything is being delayed to 2023. They showed us a ton of games coming out in 2022, and then they showed us a bunch of stuff coming out in early 2023, Uh, not to mention the second half of 2023, where I think Avowed will probably land as well. So a number of cool things in here, and John, there's a lot to touch on, so we're going to keep moving our way along. Uh, Let's talk partnerships first. There were two big partnerships that dropped in this one, the first one being Riot Games. I don't think anyone saw this coming except Riot and Heads of Xbox. Uh, This is a huge partnership. It's pretty much integrating all of the Riot Games The major ones, that is, not the Riot Forge games like the Rune King, but your League of Legends, your Valorant, your Legends of Runeterra, your Wild Rift, all of that good stuff is now being leveled into Game Pass, 
with different perks coming on a monthly basis, as well as a ton of different unlocks. Uh, We're talking all champions for League of Legends on PC, all champions for Wild Rift on mobile, and then I think eventually Xbox when that launches over there too. We have Legends of Runeterra on PC and mobile. You're getting the Foundation set, which is a ton of different champion cards and other cards. Uh, you get some little League of Le- or little Legends for TFT, which is a little bit more cute than a nice Select. Perk. Select. Select. Little, little yes. Legends. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, your little Pengu or whoever that ends up being for PC and mobile. And then over on Valorant, you're also getting all agents as well. Uh, this is a monumental deal, John, especially for PC gamers. We've seen Xbox Game Pass grow 300% on PC so far this year. Want to know a way to grow it further? Partner with the biggest PC publisher, and that is Riot Games, it feels like. They're hugely popular from FPS over to MOBAs. This is a big, big deal for me. Yeah, and can't wait to to welcome all the new gamers into the super friendly, super welcoming <laughs> Uh, very uh, non-toxic community that is League of Legends uh, because it always feels great recommending that game to a friend or someone you actually care about and watching them flourish in happiness as they play that game. Um, yeah, all jokes aside here, uh, it's toxic, but uh, it, it's, a, it's a good deal. It, it's an incredible deal. Uh, Joey, we're talking hundreds if not thousands of dollars uh, being unlocked across all these games. I mean... Uh, you know, League of Legends, obviously you can unlock champions by playing the game and earning blue essence and eventually unlocking them over time. Uh, Joey, I've been playing League of Legends since beta. I do not have all the champions unlocked, mainly because I don't want to unlock all of them because that means that's less of a chance I'll get the heroes I want in ARAM. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, it's going to happen. And, uh, and, and it is what it is. I'm not going to have to spend my blue essence on it, which... Then begs the question, what am I going to spend my blue essence on, Joey? I, I don't know what I'm going to be spending it on anymore, and that's completely fine. We'll figure it that out as we go. Essence Emporium, John, where you can get that nice little pick for 100 million essence or whatever of an earth. Oh, hooray. I know, okay, right? Um, Maybe some chromas. Hopefully they spice it up. Maybe throw a Lux skin in there, then you'll be happy. I already have all the Lux skins. Anywho, <laughs> uh, all agents unlocked in Valorant. Yeah, I think that's great. Unlock all of them. Because uh, it was way too complicated to unlock all of them as you go. <laughs> uh, and on top of it, how about you throw me a freaking bone and give me a damn skin set? Uh, I'm not going to pay $800 to make my pistol look cool when it's lying on my corpse because I suck at the game. I'm not going to pay that kind of money. How about you include like a free voucher like maybe once every six months for a free skin set or one cool looking skin? I'll, I'll take that too. Uh, but the, I think the one that ticks me off the most is the select... Little Legends Unlocked for Team Fight Tactics. And the reason why this one pisses me off, Joey, <laughs> is we're unlocking literally everything in every single game except for Team Fight Tactics where select Little Legends will be unlocked. And, Joey, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be from set one, set two, set three, and set four. All the Little Legends that nobody uses anymore because they suck in comparison to everything that's come out since then and everyone's have to spend 20 freaking dollars to get these cool little pets that look awesome or look super cute or whatever they are you have to spend 20 bucks to get them unlock them all don't 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 single team fight tactics out i love playing tft give me all of my little legends that's what i want i i i I don't want the select sets from one two three and four I, i don't want that i want the curtain stuff that's all i'm asking for give me that 
Don't discriminate okay. against TFT. <laughs> I think the select is a good move here. I mean, the difference, right? Like League of Legends is champions, Valorant is agents. Sure, you get all of them, but they're not cosmetic. Little legends, while they are cute and they're adorable and they do little cool little dances and such, they don't contribute to the game itself. Yes, they do. So with them being cosmetic, <laughs> I think it makes sense to still keep them that way. But hey, you get some of them. You get some nice cosmetics. Uh, who knows if that is just little legends or if that does eventually include a board or such later down the road as well. Uh, but for now, it looks like it will stick to Little Legends, depending on what those other monthly bundles end up being. Uh, I love this deal. I think it's big. Again, guys, I think this is probably the most underrated thing from the showcase. A lot of Xbox console players kind of playing it off. Like, what does this do for me? What do I get out of this? You get nothing for now. In all honesty, you get absolutely <laughs> nothing. Um, but if you do have a PC, you get a ton of stuff. And it's really over $10,000 worth of value you're getting here. Uh, not to mention your time. I mean, imagine how much time John and I have spent unlocking all these champions and heroes and such that we have. Uh, probably a lot more worth than $10,000 if we're being completely honest. <laughs> so all over, this is a huge, big thing. Giant, giant money involved here. I w- I'm very curious what was paid between the two parties to make this deal happen. Um, but I do think eventually Xbox players will get something from it. Uh, there's been talk that Valorant could get added to Xbox at some point. Obviously a little bit different because a controller is not going to have that pinpoint accuracy uh, that you do have with a mouse and keyboard. But in some essence, it could be like a Wild Rift version kind of added over there. And same with Wild Rift moving from mobile to console later on down the road as well. So I think they will get something. Unfortunately, not right up front. But for the PC players that play some of the Riot games or have been interested in diving in, but there's a little bit too much of a entry block because there's 160-some champions in a game, now that entry block will be removed. So I think this is going to be a big win for both sides. Next up in terms of partnerships, before we dive headlong into all these fun game announcements, is Kojima. Kojima ended up making an announcement at the Xbox conference that he is partnering up with Microsoft. Now, that does not mean he is ending partnerships with Sony. They are still ongoing. Sony fanboys are out there signing petitions to get this Xbox game taken down and all this craziness. That's not the case, guys. He is still working with Sony, at least on one game, possibly two games, and they're probably going to be Sony-exclusive games as well, but he is working on this new Xbox game as well. We don't know if it's exclusive. I would assume it is, uh, as it is going to take heavily powered capabilities of the Xbox cloud with Microsoft Azure. Uh, It sounds like something completely unique. They didn't show any gameplay. They didn't show any CGI, just purely the announcement for now. But, John, I'm excited to see what he comes up with. Yeah, um, so, so Joey, I have a quick question here. Um, obviously, Sony fans are being super possessive right now. Um, just out of curiosity, did Sony, uh, like, create uh, Kojima here? Did, did, did they make him, like, a, a, a test tube baby that I'm not aware of? Um, that, you know, Sony fine-tuned uh, all the genetics to create one of the best uh, developers and, and gaming minds in the world, that all of a sudden that he is literally the sole property thereof of Sony Entertainment, uh, because I, I, I don't see that. In fact, I, I think you know Sony was the ones that helped burn some bridges here, uh, leaving, uh, ha- uh, helping him leave the studio that, that developed Metal Gear Solid, one of the best gaming franchises to ever grace gamers ever. And, and I'm super biased, and I don't care. I will say that. Uh, he doesn't even work on his own title anymore. Uh, is is what it currently is at. Look, no one developer belongs specifically, I'm talking the human, to a specific console. It is absolutely ridiculous. And honestly, to be completely, to be totally honest, I, I think Sony fanboys are overreacting to the highest degree possible, acting like they're gonna lose out on everything he does now going forward because of this partnership. 
it's not it, it's nothing what was said. If there's one thing I have learned now that I have migrated, converted, if you will, to the Xbox ecosystem via peer pressure from all of my peers, <sighs> is uh, yes, as a Sony uh, gamer myself growing up, I was aware of how ridiculous some of the fans are. But now that I'm not even in that ecosystem anymore, it's even more annoying to see how ridiculous that community has gotten. It's like, guys, relax, chill. It's video games. At the end of the day, it's what you do in your free time. Relax. Touch some grass. Come back inside. Pick up your controller and play Kojima's newest game. Simple as that. Yeah, it's interesting. And again, it's not all Sony fans or PlayStation fans. And same with Xbox. There are definitely the crazy ones out there as well as the more calm ones who are not as outspoken on social media platforms. Uh, But yeah, some of the reactions to this, the fact that I think it was Kojima Productions had to put out a tweet that said, hey, we are still working with PlayStation. We are not abandoning you guys. Like, we're still there. We're just also doing this other deal as well. So I think it's kind of obnoxious that it comes down to a statement even having to be put out. But because of Zealous fans, that is one way they decide to react there. And uh, in the end, he's working with both parties, and I think he's going to come up with some really creative games. Like John said, Metal Gear, a phenomenal series. A lot of creativity put into that one, and a lot of that coming from Kojima as well. So I'm excited to see how he continues to expand upon this cloud architecture and what new idea he continues to speak of that he's going to bring to this that no one has really ever thought of before. I have a feeling we're in for something very unique and very different. Next up, John, let's talk some of these games. One in particular that stood out to us and kind of really got some mouth jaw-dropping moments from us as well is Starfield. Uh, We have some footage to show on that one for those live with us here on twitch.tv forward slash OTN Media. I'm really excited for this game, John. This is one we are probably looking forward to the most as far as what to see during this year's showcase. And we got it. It was right at the end of the showcase. I think it lasted like 10 to 15 minutes worth of gameplay. Uh, We saw some really cool stuff, some stuff that made you start sweating as well. Uh, The level of customization (laughs) for the character and spaceship and quarters and all of that. Uh, We got to look a little bit more at New Atlantis, the biggest city in the game, and supposedly Bethesda's biggest city ever created. I am super stoked for this game. What stood out to you the most in this gameplay reveal? First, uh, allow me just to say this. One year ago, we saw a CGI trailer of Starfield. We, We were introduced to Starfield we saw a CGI trailer of, of what was to come. Now, one year later, we have gameplay. If you're going to use a CGI trailer to hype up a game, follow it up with gameplay like this. This was absolutely incredible. Um, Joey, I, I, I'm, I'm speechless. I'm speechless when it comes to Starfield because it literally has everything I was looking for uh, in this 15-minute trailer. Um it has the environment. It has space travel. It has different life forms. It has, essentially, it gives you a glimpse into what you can expect. Yes, there's a story here. Yes, there is something that you need to do. But also, for those who like to go out and explore these planets and, and you know discover new things, find hidden secrets on all these planets, that's like a little mini side game all in itself. It's a whole nother game, Joy. This game is absolutely massive. And yes, the level of customization... Joey, I, I said it on our co-stream, and I'll say it again. I'm the kind of guy that takes like probably a solid two to three hours customizing their avatar before I do anything in-game uh, because, as we all know, once you start the game, that's your avatar. You can't go back and change it. Uh, and for the games that you can, it costs you real-life money, and I don't want to do that. So I take my sweet time doing it. Um, 
the customization that was shown here, not just for your avatar, not just for your character, but for your base and for your ship and for everything else. Joey, I am never going to be able to play this game ever. It's going to take <laughs> me a solid three months to even get started on Starfield. And you want to know what? I'm going to be completely happy about it. You're going to make fun of me because I'm on my 18th different hair color, my 27th different hairstyle, and my 18th different variation of height uh, and all the other fun stuff. And God forbid I decide to change the color of my ship or the layout of my, my base because it doesn't flow well enough for me. I'll do it. I'll do it. And I'll completely forget that I'm supposed to be traveling these planets and killing aliens and doing whatever the storyline's supposed to be. Uh, it looks absolutely incredible. Uh, Joey, it's it's everything I wanted and more in this game. Uh, 15 minutes of, of of this gameplay is exactly what we needed. Uh, like right now on your screen right now, if you're if you're if you're watching with us here on Twitch TV, uh, this is a lockpick mechanism. It's a mini game inside the game. Also, small things like that that keep the game interesting. That keep the game, uh, you know, not just oh, click and move, click and move, click and move. It's oh, it's going to challenge you. Whether it's something as simple as you know, okay, line up these lines with the gaps in the circle, and you're unlocking this this uh, briefcase. I know, that's completely fine. I'm completely cool with it. Lockpicking has been in a lot of different games, and it's a really cool mechanic. Um, yeah, so, I mean, everything I saw so far about this game has me excited. This was obviously the, the big game a lot of people wanted to see, and I think they really delivered uh, with this 15-minute, again, I'm going to say it again, 15-minute, presentation of starfield and joey that's not even the most impressive thing that we heard or saw or learned about this game oh is that over to me <laughs> if you want to if not i'll go into it i have no John, problem please take us into it over what one thousand planets it was one thousand planets right and it was yeah, 100, 100 plus systems, systems 1, 100 plus systems plus planets over a thousand plus planets and and I said the joke on the co-stream. I'll say it again, Joey. Um, good luck trying to 100% this game. Because uh, <laughs> you will be like 89 years old in a nursing home being uh, fed food through a tube. And you're still going to be trying to 100% this game all these years later. I, I just don't see it being possible. But uh, that just gives the ability to play this game for a long period of time. If you're an explorer, like I enjoy you know going to different zones like in world of warcraft and and learning about the environment and and the different uh habitants of those areas and everything this is gonna keep me occupied literally for years this game is massive and it's really hard to wrap your head around that so i'll say it one more time over 100 solar systems over 1000 planets are going to be available in this game and God forbid we get some DLC content for this. Holy crap. There's going to be even more. E even more. And Joey, I say to you, I hope your great-grandchildren will be able to finally 100% <laughs> your saved file uh, once they continue to do that. There's no way that anyone's going to be able to do this. I mean, yeah, it's absolutely massive. 100-plus systems, 1,000-plus planets. I mean, honestly, can't say that enough. That was a lot bigger than I think you and I and Drew were all expecting. All of our mouths kind of dropped when that moment happened. Now, on Twitter and other social media platforms, there is some arguments about this. Uh, there's the side that loves the idea of 1,000-plus planets because there's so many different things to explore and resources to gather and species or whatever to experience. And then there's the other side that's like, oh, no. 
1,000 plus planets. Bethesda has brought themselves way too thin with this. There's way too much to happen. Everything's not going to be handcrafted. The procedural generation is going to be terrible. Uh, where are you kind of in this mix? Personally, I'm fine with 1,000 plus planets. It gives me plenty to do. Bethesda's already said they're going to have more handcrafted planets and areas than they ever have in any of their previous games, whether it be Elder Scrolls or Fallout. Uh, that, to me, should simplify a lot of these people's requests already up front. And then on top of that, the procedural generation stuff. Sure, it does take away from the handcraftedness, and it kind of takes away from the game overall in that aspect, but a lot of those are just going to be resource planets anyway, right? So you're going to have these cool handcrafted environments, lots of unique species, and then these procedural generation ones, you're going to go there to gather resources, I don't know, kill a few species, grab their hides, or whatever you're doing, but for the most part, it's going to be farming. That's not going to be where your big environments are taking place. Maybe space pirates are ending up thrown there as well through the generation, I don't know. To me, it's not that big of a concern. Uh, the fact that they're kind of guaranteeing that this has the most handcraftedness of any of their games so far, I think should quell a lot of those concerns up front. Okay, and on stream right now, they're going through the customization options, and I'm already getting anxious. My hands are literally sweating as, as, as I'm watching this. Um, just in anticipation, because I know exactly how long this is going to take me uh, to, to even get through this step that we're watching right now, that they're flying through and just picking things, which is not how you do it. You don't just randomly pick... Okay, anywho... Um, but yes, uh, Joey, where I'm at when it comes to the whole planet and solar system thing is I would be shocked if it is a full planet, you know, 360 degrees. You can walk from point A heading west and you'll wind up back at point A coming from the east eventually. Mm-hmm. I would be shocked if that's what it actually is. I believe in, in, in my mind how they're going to pull this off is planets are going to have playable areas. You're not going to get every single square pixel of this sphere floating in space uh, to just go around and play on. Now, some planets may be like that. Some of the smaller, minor planets, I I do believe, and I would be more than happy if they're wrong, uh, will just have playable areas with invisible walls or boundaries that will not let you explore past that playable area. Um, to me, in my mind, that's how it makes sense that they can do uh, a 1,000-plus planets. Because uh, otherwise, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a lot of detail. I'm not saying that they can't pull it off. This game's been in development forever. Um, but to me, that's what makes the most sense is for those smaller, non-important planets, it'll just be playable areas. Yeah, I could definitely see that focus. I know at one point he showed us one planet, he being Ton Howard during the presentation, he said you can land anywhere on this planet. Uh, since then, they've clarified some things, not as much about where to land, but the fact that the landing is going to kind of be done for you. So as you go toward these planets, the ship will land itself depending on the area you select. So I think that could be similar to what you're saying, John, where it's kind of broken down into different landing zones. Uh, Not full flight outside of space itself, um, but there will be some interesting areas for players to explore. On top of that, guys, I think it's public. They've mentioned 200,000 some voice lines have been recorded. So we're talking tons of dialogue. On top of that, really dives into the lore that John and I like. Uh, What are these species we're encountering? What are these planets about? Uh, Cities like New Atlantis and Neon, what's going on? Uh, I think Neon looks fantastic. We've seen very little of it, but I'm pretty sure that was what that Undercity of Coruscant-looking planet was uh, on top of like the whole nightclub and drug trade and everything going on there. Um, But yeah, some really interesting environments I'm excited to dive more into and finally explore. And then the last thing real quick before we move on, what we're watching on stream right now, not only do you have to explore planets and play the game and everything else, they added space dogfighting as well. They went full Star Wars. Like, you can fly this ship in outer space and have dogfights and travel through 
through outer space, through the galaxies in this ship. I mean, it's literally a a space game on planets, and you have the ability as like a flight simulator esque in outer space kind of thing going on too. It, it's so much packed into one game that it just. I think my biggest complaint is is how am I going to be able to do everything? How am I going to be able to experience everything? Because uh, I want to, I want to be able to experience every aspect of this game. Um, and that goes to say something. There's not too many games a lot of people in the gaming community get hyped about. Mm. Starfield definitely is one of them. And from what we saw, again, from a 15-minute preview, it's rightfully so. The hype is real. Yeah, hype is very real. And I'm pretty sure this is the biggest viewed trailer so far for Summer Game Fest as well. So it's definitely up there. A lot of people curious. Uh, I mean, Bethesda games are just huge, right? Like Elder Scrolls, Fallout, they constantly pull in big viewers. You can argue Fallout 76 hit a bit of a... Uh, a misstride per se on launch, but since then it's gathered quite a few players in there as well. So I'm curious to see what this new IP from Bethesda eventually fully looks like when it does launch in 2023. Next up, again, we don't have time to go through all of these tonight, but Redfall was the next big one. Uh, this was one that was supposed to release summer 2022. It's been delayed to sometime in early 2023, uh, at least that first half of the year before June. John, you and I are not the biggest fan of different zombie games and vampires and all this, but I can say this one to me is becoming more and more intriguing. I wasn't super sold in the CGI trailer they gave us last year, but now seeing gameplay, it kind of feels like um, almost like Left for Dead and Back for Blood meets kind of like a Borderlands system because you have a lot of the rarity on pickups that'll carry over on different files. You have some kind of cool abilities like you see in other games like Valorant and Overwatch being mixed in as well. Uh, I'm kind of down for this as a co-op experience. I don't know if it's something I would really put much time into as a solo player, but it's something to dive into with three or four friends. I think it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, it looks like a good hold me over till Starfield game. Hey, uh, this is <laughs> look. I'm going to be saying that a lot because that the hype is real, fa- uh, fam. It, it's 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 insane. Um, yeah, I, I'm not a huge uh, a vampire fan, but uh, the fact that this is like an open world vampire slaying FPS kind of thing, it sounds kind of neat. Um, I'll take a look at it. I mean, I'll probably dabble with co-player with Joey. I might turn around and just bite him in the neck. Who knows? Oh. But, um, but yeah, I think we're I mean, slaying the vampires, not becoming them. Hopefully, John. Speak for yourself. Uh, you know, it's. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> suck your blood. Uh, yeah. So it's interesting. You got some vampires. You got some teeth. Uh, apparently watch out for John. Cause he might be in the mood to bite. Um, some cool weapons as well. There's like wooden stake shooters and different customization like that. That's kind of built in. Uh, I think you can shoot broomsticks as well. So a lot of interesting little mechanics in that part. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I mean, when you look at games that this studio has come up with, Deathloop is one in particular from Arcane most recently. You have Prey, which won a ton of awards for its game as well. Uh, Dishonored, Dishonored 2, both of those huge award winners. I mean, this is a studio that has won countless Game of the Year awards and numbers of other awards on top of that, whether it be from sound design or story writing or cinematics. They've just continued to win awards every single game they put out. Uh, While this one is a completely different genre in a sense, like a lot of those other games, while some did have multiplayer elements, they stuck more to single player. Uh, This is going to have that rich story, but also be heavily involved in co-op. So I'm curious to see uh, what their really first foray into co-op ends up looking like. Next up on the slate, the other big AAA game from the Xbox Studios, and that's Forza Motorsport. John, you and I have had a pleasure playing a lot of Forza Horizon, one of the best, or Forza Horizon 5, rather, one of the highest rated games of last year. 
Now we got to look at Forza Motorsport, their big main line Forza game. This one coming out in 2023. Uh, I don't even know how many cars. I would assume over 750 probably at launch. On top of that, we're now getting some more dynamic day and night modes that weren't in the last Forza Motorsport whenever that came out. Um, I don't even know, five, six years ago it feels like. Uh, it's definitely been a hot minute since the last one. Uh, this kind of being the eighth game in that series, there's a lot to look forward to. And for those FIFA players out there, I know Panicking Pat was in chat earlier. Uh, it looks like we're going to have some kind of weekend league thing going on in almost like the same format as Formula One, where there's going to be qualifying and then some other races involved with practice tracks before you can eventually qualify for weekend races. Uh, it looks like a blast. I know X2 Chucks over there at Wizards District Gaming, the two-time champions of the NBA 2K League, is super stoked for this one, and I'm excited to get in there and race alongside him, even though he'll probably kick my butt uh, with his fully done setup. I think he has the pedal and the steering wheel and all that goodness as well. Yeah, um, so I'm excited for this because, again, coming over from the Sony ecosystem, Gran Turismo was was our racing game over there, and, and I absolutely love Gran Turismo. Uh, it's it's a fun game. Uh, it, it's right up there with, I believe, uh, is 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 Forza. Um, I'm excited to experience Forza Motorsport. I, I really am. I think it's going to be really really cool. Uh, the trailer um, kind of made me giggle a little bit because there was a uh, sedan that was like one that you'll see on I-95 uh, with a uh, racer wearing a race helmet and race and fireproof suit on the inside. It looked. Uh, Look like what we wear on the daily on 495 going around the Beltway there, Joey, with how people drive, especially from the great state of Maryland. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> uh, other than that, <laughs> I thought it looked really cool. I'm super excited to uh, to try out uh, Forza Motorsport when it comes out. Absolutely. So those are kind of your big AAA games coming from Xbox Studios that were shown at this showcase. John, I know there's a number of other indie games and such that stood out to us. Are there any others that you want to mention here before we kind of continue along to our next showcase? Oh, where are my notes? Hold on a second. Here we go. Pulling them up right now. Um, I know you like that. It it wasn't like the curious. I want to say the curious case of Benjamin Button, but it wasn't that. It was like the curious. It was the last case case of Benedict Fox. That one looked really, really cool. Uh, Ara History Untold. Uh, History Nerds represent. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Oh, yeah, it's a Civ game, right. The, the Microsoft Flight Simulator update uh, where you can fly uh, the Pelican. Was it the Pelican in, yeah, in outer the space? Yeah, the Halo Pelican, yep. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, As Dusk Falls, uh, another interactive drama, kind of Life is Strange style. Uh, super excited for that as well. Uh, and we're going to be talking about it a little bit later on here in the show. Uh, Overwatch 2 uh, making some big announcements in this showcase as well. But we'll hold off on that announcement until a little bit later in the show. Absolutely. So again, guys, some really cool stuff there. Xbox did focus on the 12 months ahead, so expect some other reveals, maybe at Gamescom or the Game Awards. Uh, We do have some rumors of some other shows from Nintendo and Sony potentially coming later this month as well. So lots of gaming goodness still to come. And that does bring us to Monday of this week. Uh, Monday, we had Capcom, John, a number of games shown at that showcase. For those who don't know Capcom, Monster Hunter, Resident Evil were the two big games shown there. Resident Evil, we got a look at next-gen ports. Unfortunately, these leaked on both the Xbox and PlayStation stores uh, before the actual showcase. But we have next-gen ports available for Resident Evil 2, 3, and 7. On top of that, Resident Evil 4 gameplay was also shown. Uh, The remake of that game was announced a little bit earlier this year, and we now have a look at what it looks like. Super spooky, spooker, spooker, super well done, and it looks like a fun one to keep an eye out for when it eventually launches. (laughs) <laughs> words are tough on today it's not even a monday what is going on no, it's not. uh monster hunter monster hunter rise guys coming to a nintendo switch near you 
Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak got a new trailer and a playable demo. That demo available today. That game available June 30th. So go ahead and take a look at that one. If you're interested in hunting hundreds of monsters, you can do so. Build them into your swords and your armor and all that goodness. Again, the newest expansion, June 30th. Next up was Dragon's Dogma. John, this is one of my favorite announcements. Not for the game itself, but the fact that we got an announcement of an announcement to come later in the same week. Um, why? Uh, I mean, the the showcase was not that long to begin with. It was 30 or 40 minutes, and it teased a 10-year anniversary announcement stream. Okay, that's cool. That's fun. What was the stream? It was 10 minutes, and it was a pre-recorded video. Why not just slide it into the announcement spot on this show? It just doesn't make sense to me. It would have been like four or five minutes longer. The announcement could have been there. The hype could have just happened right then. Uh, It eventually ended up being announced today, and it's Dragon's Dogma 2 is in development, not even showing any gameplay or CGI, um, but the announcement of the announcement that was 10 minutes long that came later in the week was Dragon's Dogma 2. Now, the, the only way that that gets any better is that if there was a countdown to a countdown of the pre-recorded show. It's just like, oh my gosh. Like, I, I get it. Like, if it's going to be a full-on showcase, right? Like, think of Sony State of Play. If you're going to do God of War, maybe you tease it in a State of Play and then you do a deep dive of 20, 30 minutes of God of War and show us a bunch of gameplay and story or whatever. But to tease an announcement that's 7 to 10 minutes long... And it's purely an announcement with nothing else shown. Why not just instead of making the announcement the announcement, you just say, hey, guys, happy 10-year anniversary. Dogma 2 is in development. Let's take a look at what the developer has to say. Like, I don't know. I think there's other ways to have done it. But for those Dragon's Dogma fans, you got an announcement and another announcement later that week. Uh, Last thing shown in the Capcom showcase was Exoprimal. Uh, We got some gameplay as well as the tease of a closed network test sometime in the future. Nice and vague. Uh, Signups are open now. If you want to wait for that sometime in the future, you can go ahead and sign up now. Capcom, man. Capcom has been popping off, though, in all honesty. Resident Evil did extremely well last year. I think the remake for 4 is going to be cool. I love that we're getting next-gen upgrades for free to these other games. Monster Hunter also popping off. Monster Hunter World and now Monster Hunter Rise. So big credit to Capcom outside of the Dragon's Dogma thing that kind of was fell on deaf ears during that showcase. I think overall they're doing quite well this year. Next up, John, the world needs more heroes, and that is just what they're going to get. We've waited three or four years, it feels like, for a new hero. We got Echo at one point over in Overwatch 2, but since then, it's just been an echo of us talking to ourselves as well as other Overwatch 2 players waiting in their 30-minute-long queues. Now we know there is more coming. We have a roadmap for Overwatch 2. We have a release date. That one was dropped in the Xbox Bethesda Showcase. It is coming in October. And on top of that, John, this roadmap is juicy. This roadmap is promising. Maybe they overpromised. We'll have to wait and see what they deliver. But the action begins on October 4th. Overwatch is going free to play. Easy for everyone to jump in and play together. They have a little bit about the new PvP. And they continue to talk about 5v5 and how they're reworking champions and such to meet that. They talked about their new seasonal model today. Nine weeks of a season. That means two months and an extra week. I like that length. It's not too long. It's not too short. And because of that, they're adding a battle pass in as well. Welcome to 2022 Overwatch. You have a battle pass now. Uh, You have cross-play progression, another big plus. Uh, Previously, accounts were swapped between. I had one progression on Xbox and one progression on PC, and now it's going to become a little bit easier for all of that to be done as we move into Overwatch 2 for new and old players alike. PvE experiences are going to be a little bit more delayed to 2023, but overall, John, we have promises of new heroes, new maps, new skins, the battle pass, this new seasonal structure, and so much more. I think I'm actually excited for Overwatch 2 now. Joey, it's a dead game. 
it, it, it's a dead game that is trying everything to keep the game relevant and alive. And Joey, they might have done it. They, they might have hung on to life support just long enough. Uh, this roadmap is actually kind of interesting. And and the biggest announcement, Joey, how much is this game going to cost? Zero. Free to play, supposedly. <laughs> so so if this game actually really, truly, honest G. Willikers is free to play, um, they may have saved Overwatch 2. They may have saved Overwatch as a franchise. Um, <laughs> because, Joey, like, l- l- let's be real here. Uh, the, the beta that we played for the PvP felt a lot like Overwatch, just minus another tank. Uh, Cool-looking maps, awesome, great, still felt like Overwatch. Um, so, I mean, there's still a lot to be desired. Again, Blizzard went over two years not supporting Overwatch at all, working on Overwatch 2. Overwatch 2 has to provide something to bring people back, to keep those precious few gamers that for some reason are still playing overwatch in hopes that overwatch 2 is going to blow their socks off after they come back inside from touching grass um (laughs) and and i feel like this is a good start this is a very good start and so so kudos to blizzard for putting this out there free to play live service pvp reimagined with the new 5v5 pvp experience a seasonal model joey you said welcome to 2022 i would like to rephrase that welcome to 2019 <laughs> w- welcome to 2019 like blizzard come on 2019 we're almost we're halfway to 2023 anywho i'm not gonna knock them too much there cross progression the pve experience like look the PvE experiences in the original Overwatch were absolutely fantastic. I can't wait to see what story they're going to tell in the PvE mode for Overwatch 2. Uh, season 1, three new heroes, six new maps, 30-plus skins. Season 2, new tank hero, new map, another 30-plus skins. Another battle pass. There's mythic skins. And then in the future, in 2023, guess what? More heroes, more maps, more skins. This is what they should have been doing for the past two years instead of ignoring Overwatch continuing to give small updates skins heroes every now and then maps if you're going to create it for overwatch 2 create a watered down version for for og overwatch you spent two years doing absolutely nothing on a live service game will this be enough to pump life back into the overwatch community i think they have a chance yeah i mean i think they have a real chance and i think shout out to daddy kaplan as well jeff kaplan wanted this all along He wanted Overwatch 2 to be more of a PvE thing, and uh, I mean, Activision has been known to be a bit of a greedier company here and there, and they wanted to dive in. They wanted to resell this game. They were going to offer multiplayer free to those who purchased Overwatch 1, but then they would make the PvE portion payable. Now, overall, it looks like I don't know if that version is still going to be some kind of paid DLC, uh, but in the end, there is that focus on that live service, that live service that has really felt like it's been missing for two years, as you said. I mean, you look at Riot Games. League of Legends and Valorant are doing phenomenally well. Both are holding crazy high player bases. Both are pulling in millions of dollars. Uh, Fortnite is another great example of constant live service content that's pulling in a ton of money on a regular basis. All Blizzard had to do, even back then, years ago, was just copy one of those two models. And while we're still not quite there as far as cosmetics, in my opinion, I would like those to be straight up purchasable as opposed to behind these like loot box type of systems. Um, overall, I feel like this is a good change. You're having unique content coming, whether it be maps or heroes every couple months. You have new skins, so people are going to be spending money and paying the developers. 
you have a battle pass, something worth grinding, something that gives me a reason to dive into the game once again. So I feel like overall, they're making the changes that needed to happen. They're making things interesting. They're giving me a reason to play every couple months outside of just grinding a competitive ladder. And I think that's really what they needed to do to drag players back in. And I think come October, this should bring... Uh, I don't know if people are going to stick around. I can't promise that. But I do think a lot of veteran players who maybe have left the game will dive back in and at least give it a try once again. Joe, I will go on the record and say I will make space on my M.2 drive for Overwatch 2. Beautiful. M.2, OW.2, you love to see it. Just bear with me. Like the Junker <laughs> Queen, John, she is going to be a new hero that comes out in the next beta. The next beta is open for signups today, and it'll begin on June 28th. For those that get in, I assume there's also going to be some kind of Twitch drops involved like they did last time as well. Uh, but Junker Queen plus a new map will be available in that beta. So you can dive in, get your action on with the Junker Queen, check out the new map and all that goodness eventually later this month. Okay, we're coming to the end of the show. Obviously, we didn't have a chance to cover every game or we'd be here for hours upon hours. Uh, but the last thing was a Final Fantasy event and that Dragon's Dogma event that happened today. We went over the Dogma one, so last but not least is Final Fantasy a number of things were announced, but the big announcements from this one, Final Fantasy VII, the remake Intergrade, will be launching on Steam tomorrow. Previously, it's been a PS4 and PS5 exclusive, now also coming to PC again tomorrow on the Steam launcher. Then we have, I believe it's Crisis Core Remastered. Uh, this was originally a PSP game. This one's coming to every platform. So PC, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series consoles, and Nintendo Switch. And then last but not least, the other big, big announcement today was Final Fantasy VII Part Two Rebirth. So not only was it a seven remake, but it was the beginning of a new trilogy. Rebirth is going to be game title number two in that trilogy. This one, at least for now, will be exclusive to the PS5, and it's set to launch next winter. So for those Final Fantasy fans out there, lots of cool announcements coming your way. And again, guys, maybe not Final Fantasy, but there could be more announcements later this month. We have some pretty good rumors that there is a Nintendo Direct coming later in June, as well as a Sony State of Play, possibly slated for that last week of June as well. So things to look forward to as you tune into the show. We'll keep you updated on those fronts as well. I think that does it, sir. Yeah, uh, so I was like, wait a second. Where, where I lost yeah, my man, we've gone the... through a lot. Uh, again, Summer Game Fest recap, Xbox Bethesda, Devolver Digital, Netflix, Capcom, Final Fantasy. We have touched on quite a bit, John. It has been a fantabulous week of game announcements, whether it be for shows, movies, actual games themselves, platform changes, xCloud modifications, Lots of good stuff across the board. I'm excited more than ever as a gamer right now. Sure, there's still delays. Sure, there's issues with QA development with everyone being remote. But overall, I am super stoked for this one. I think there's a lot of really fun stuff coming in the next 12 months and beyond. And as a gamer, I couldn't be more excited, but also more nervous uh, for my wallet and my hard drives overall for things to come. Joey, this is the whole reason why there's like personal loans and everything in the world is is for video games right that's exactly what it is <laughs> nation that is going to do it for this edition of level up live but before you go head on over to patreon.com slash otn and consider becoming a part of the overtime network in return you'll get access to exclusive content that nobody else in the world can get unless they're a part of otn media if you haven't done so already make sure you check out the show here on twitch for the next episode of level up live uh, if uh, you, oh, I'm lost all over my notes all of a sudden. If you listen to the show on our podcast feed, 
Please do leave us a review if your podcatcher allows to do so. The po- Level Up podcast is available on your podcatcher of choice. We would love to hear from you. In fact, we love to hear from our community so much. There's multiple ways you can reach out to us. Joey, what are those ways? Absolutely, guys. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Level Up Live. That is LVLUP Live. In addition to that, you can follow the umbrella company OTN Media on Twitter and Facebook at OTN Media and on Instagram at OTN underscore media. Last but not least, we mentioned at the top of the show, and we'll mention again at the end, twitch.tv forward slash OTN Media. This show, Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time over here, as well as a number of other streams throughout the week. Again, a big welcome to all of our new podcast listeners. Those numbers have been off the charts lately. Thank you again for tuning in. And again, as John said, please consider leaving a review. All right. So just for your information, no show next week. Sorry, there's other things that we had planned. Schedule conflicts. Life happens. But have no fear, we will return on Thursday, June 30th for Level Up Live as we continue to cover the latest in gaming and esports news. Do your ears and eyes a favor. Hit that sub and follow button to know when the next episode of Level Up Live is ready for your entertainment pleasures. We will catch you all on the 30th. It's going to be a long two weeks, but we will still be here. Make sure you check out Discord. You'll find it's there as well. Remember, be nice to your fellow gamers online. And Joey, as always... Level Level up. up.